and you're listening to The Thirst. Here is episode 31.5. Steph and I recorded a chat with our friend Von the other day about the recent release of Avengers Endgame, the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in this particular phase, and then we covered our much long-awaited, probably just by us, ranking of the Avengers Endgame cast according to how much we find them visually pleasing. So yeah, the episode ran a little bit longer than we thought, and we figured we would just release it as a bonus app. If you haven't listened to episode 31 of its own, make sure you do. In it we cover Ryan Murphy's pose, we talk about Zac Efron in the film Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, we talk about some recent music releases and some fun bits of internet celebrity gossip. So make sure you check out that if you haven't already from all the usual places and um, here comes the Avengers Endgame review and ranking. Buckle up, hope you enjoy. Okay, so our main topic this week, or this episode, is uh, Avengers Endgame. Big, big one for you. Big one, well, for you as well. For all of us. Big one for society in general. (laughs) Truly the event of the century. It really is. It's a big, big cinematic event this year. The, what was they called it last time? The crossover event of all time or history or something? Is that what they said? The the most ambitious crossover event. That was Infinity War. And that was the last time. That was the last time. even bigger. Now we've got part G. So, um, Avengers Endgame. We're going to be talking about the film itself and giving it a bit of a review and then we'll also be doing our second annual <laughs> ranking of how hot the Avengers cast are. Yeah, the bit that everyone's actually bothered about, because no one probably needs to hear us do another review. No. Know. I've and got then, some hot takes. No, I mean, and the thing is, I care about this infinitely more than you do. Maybe. Sort of. Or you, or not all you care about. On an objective level, I care very much. You had a nice time. Yeah, there's lots of things to look at, April. <laughs> so uh, that's that's why the ranking's so important. But we just feel like we don't want to um, overdo the review yeah. section. So we, we just we've thought, got a unique angle and it's rating everyone sexually also we had such a nice time last time having to think about how much we fancied everyone in avengers yes because it is a veritable feast mm-hmm. for the eyes and the, the senses eyes. and the senses all three hours of it yeah it was a lot so yeah so we'll be doing a bit of a review and then also just completely lowering the tone by ranking people in order of how attractive they are pissing um, men off pissing men off no, um so, so the most important thing about this is that we are joined by a special guest not in the i was gonna say studio like in the have, studio in april bedroom the podcast studio our podcast hq pod hq like pod avengers HQ. HQ. yes exactly we are in norwich that's where the avengers hq is anyway um von's joining us yes hi von hi i'm joining you like from a like, remote location you know yeah a really a, a our, cool um, remote location. our reporter in the field yes yeah. you're our reporter in the field over in australia yeah it's a field that's not relevant to what we're talking about but it's, it's, a, a, it's a dusty hot field an australian looking field do you just think she's in the middle of yeah like, the oh okay yeah i do <laughs> just assume I do just assume Von's in the middle of the outback at all times. <laughs> just hanging out with like a room. Just meeting crocodiles. <laughs> that's what I think your life is. I mean, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, there you go. But um, you are, I, I would say, our authority, our other authority, other than April. Two authorities. It supersedes on me the, significantly. You're the authority on MCU and Avengers. I get all so. my intel from her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think that, you know, that's a good thing. 
I suppose I'm going to call it a good thing. hundred percent. When we said that we were going to do this again for the second time, we did think that like we had to factor you in. A hundred percent. It's an important voice. Because truly your, your voice was missing from our last conversation. It's more so. important than mine. I shouldn't even be on this, but there you go. I'm an imposter. You're very thirsty though. Thank you. Good. That's I like, what... I love it when people tell me that. That's, yeah. That's all I, that's just what I live for. Put it on my tombstone. To just kind of contextualise Avengers Endgame a little bit, it was released on um, April the 26th. It's the 22nd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the second part or sequel to last year's Infinity War, which it picks up directly after. It's directed by the Russo brothers, written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. And to this date, as in literally today, today, um, it's the second highest grossing film of all time because it managed to surpass Titanic in its first 11 but days. But can't surpass Avatar. Who the fuck watched Avatar? Everybody watched Avatar. I didn't. I've never seen I it. Did, I've never seen Avatar. You've seen Avatar. I have and I regret seeing it. Have you got a connection to Avatar? Uh, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, thought so. Great time to be Zoe Saldana, though. Yeah, really good time. But I just can't believe that many people saw it because no one can remember it. I I'm think sure. that tickets were expensive because it was 3D. So do you think that's what it was? Yeah. Can't wait for the next Avatar films. Um, um. So Endgame made $2.5 billion worldwide. Quite a lot of money. It's the um, penultimate film of phase three of the MCU and the end of the Infinity Saga. It has no post credit scene. No, that was a big deal, wasn't it? It was a big deal. And it's the last time that a couple of characters significantly will be seen on screen. Um, I will just do here the obligatory spoiler warning spoiler warning because it's really impossible to talk about this film without spoiling it I think we've probably established like 31 episodes in that we're not very good at spoiler free conversations but that would be boring yeah it would be boring imagine There's trying to talk, to talk about, about imagine trying to talk about this film without talking like, about yes, the yes it's very long <laughs> it's very long <laughs> it's very long and attractive <laughs> They're two things I shouldn't have put in together. There wow. you go. Wow. There that, you go. That's my summary of Endgame. So a little bit of a synopsis about the film. I've also I jacked this entirely from Wikipedia, so if it makes no sense. Oh, that's fine. Well, I trust Wikipedia. It's a very trusty source. Yep. 100% definitely never wrong is it so the film shows the surviving members of the Avengers and their allies working together to reverse the damage and destruction caused by Thanos after he successfully collected all of the Infinity Stones and um, the film itself starts 23 days after Thanos' snap and then jumps forward five years into the future this is my favourite part because I had to sum up what everyone's doing yeah it's a bit hard go on Steve Rogers yeah is working as a group counsellor for people who survive Tony is. is living upstate with Pepper and their daughter Hawkeye is off murdering everyone yeah that's a sentence I wrote <laughs> In summary, Um, Thor is drunk and down on his luck. The Hulk is living full time as halfway between Bruce and the Green Guy. Looks like a hipster. The Green Guy. The Green Guy. Ugh. And Natasha is overseeing things back at HQ, still in search of a solution. Presumed dead and lost to the snap, Ant-Man makes it back from the quantum realm and from there the time heist begins. Ooh, that was a nice... That, that was... feels like a rough summary. Yeah, you don't want to give too much away. No, a thing that really. I didn't... I can't believe I didn't think about this, but when I was doing my recapping, I didn't actually... Mentally hadn't actually thought about the fact that the, all of the original Avengers had survived. Yeah, so who who were like the original... Is it the original six? Yeah. Yeah, uh, what, Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Hulk, uh, Black Widow, and Thor, yeah. Is Hawkeye an original then? Yeah. From the first film? Don't you downplay Clint Barton's contribution to all of this? I can't remember at all. I can't wait to get into Hawkeye chat Wait, wait which one's Hawkeye? Jeremy Renner. Yes, Jesus it is Jeremy. Do you know what, for a minute, I was just worried that I'd got it wrong and this whole time I was thinking that Hawkeye was Jenny Renner, Je- Jenny Renner, <laughs> Jenny Renner, and... Uh, <laughs> And it wasn't, but thank God for that, I got it right. This is this is how much knowledge I have. Carry on. So just in terms of in the build-up to the film as well, 
um, the Russo's have since admitted that the trailers were quite manipulated to avoid spoilers and there are a few things that I think had come up in the trailers which weren't in the eventual film and oh. also a thing that could have been a really big red flag to me in advance but wasn't because I was deeply in denial of various different things was that Robert Downey Jr. is apparently the only person to have seen the whole script because a lot of the cast only ever saw like the bits they were filming. Is it because he features so heavily? I presumed it was because he just has say over everything like he has so much power but clearly it's because of Does he have the most in power it. in the film? Not as in like as an actor? Yes. More than Chris Evans? Yeah because Iron Man was the start of the MCU. Oh yeah that's true. So, so he got in on the ground. got RDJ to thank for everything. Yeah it's his fault. I see I see. So that's a little bit of contextualising about the film. What did you think? We'll go with you first. Do you want to start with me first yeah. as the non the non expert in the building? What did I think? I think we we have all well established that I'm not hugely emotionally involved with the MCU. I haven't seen all of the films. I've kind of I'd say I'd, I've seen the main the big hitters, the core cool ones. Yes. So actually saying that I haven't seen all of Captain America, have I? So you haven't seen all of Captain America. Which Captain Americas have you seen? Oh, I can't remember the names of them. The first one. You haven't seen Winter Soldier. No. Um. <gasps> anyway, oh, continuing. Oh my, oh my god, this is. Has it really got hot in here all of a sudden? <laughs> cool, a little bit sweaty. Um, this is like an on-pod revelation. I know, I'm so sorry. I thought everyone knew. This is really awkward. <laughs> cool. So I wasn't massively emotionally invested going into this film. Uh, I really enjoyed the pre... I really enjoyed Infinity War. I wasn't completely devastated, but I did really enjoy it. So I was looking forward to seeing this, but I didn't think it would be sort of the cinematic event of the year for me, per se. It is really interesting that it's such a... You you know a huge thing now and it kind of transcends the movie itself and you know the cinema experience i can't believe it's reached 2.5 billion that's crazy isn't that obscene it is yeah and it's interesting it's come up at the same time for me as game of thrones and that's been a bit of like more than a tv event as well mm-hmm. so that's been it's been an interesting period of time i think they did a really good job of tying lots of things together and actually creating an ending to everything that has happened so far and feels it does feel very final and i for someone who's not heavily involved I found it satisfying that's and interesting actually because I did wonder if like as someone that hasn't seen the entire 22 mm. film arc I wondered actually as a kind of I don't know not intermittent participant yeah like, whether that would come across so it's good that it does yeah I think it's probably because they they've really tapped into sort of the emotions of the character in this film and that has more resonance for me than say the some of the elements of the plot I mm-hmm. guess because for example the Ant-Man stuff I could kind of gather what had happened but I haven't seen that film so I sort of guessed but you know the the emotional I was gonna say the emotional baggage that's not right but the the emotions of the film and what the characters go through is you know is very very strong and it's they're really well-rounded characters so I could I could appreciate that and I think that's what carried the film most for me I was a little bit sceptical about the time travel element. I kind of knew that was going to come up. I don't think I really like time travel. Are you bothered by time travel? Is that a particular... I mean, I'm, I'm not, like, a super keen on it, but, like, you know, it's fine as a... You like Doctor Who? Yeah. I like time travel. <laughs> I think in the context of this film, I just liked how they used the time travel narrative, I suppose, as a, an excuse to talk about other time travel-based popular culture. Well, just back to the future. Right? I just yeah, love yeah. that. And also the fact that they mention, like, when, they, when they're standing there and they're going through, like, lots of other time travel films and saying about how time travel within those films doesn't make sense. Cause yeah, it's, like, that's true. That's inaccurate. true. That but, was very interesting. Um, I like the, um, the fact that they... Well, I thought it was pretty cool that they managed to go back to the previous films and we 
weave them together kind of seamlessly. That was sick. I thought that was pretty sick. I think they did that very well. I thought it was done pretty well. Like, you know, time travel is like a fantastic MacGuffin that can just screw up immensely. Right? There's just so many literally plot holes that could form from that. And I think this film is put together so well that even if there are a few plot holes, maybe, it doesn't really matter because the overarching kind of story just ties together really, really nicely, I think. But I thought as as a non-big Marvel fan in this building, I thought it was easy enough to follow. And I just really liked this balance of kind of emotion and, and plot. It was surprisingly moving, I must say. I shed a few tears. She did, so, I was there. I and it. clearly I've been a cold-hearted bitch before. So um, it was, yeah, it had enough emotional resonance with me to make me cry. What did you two think about it? Um, do you want to go first? You go, Vaughn. <laughs> oh, that's such a complicated question, though. What did I think about it? I mean, I have two different versions. When I watched it in the cinema, I was like, this is amazing. And I loved it. And I still think that when I think about it, I think I loved it. But I also think that there was a lot of problems with it that I have thought about. Was it kind of afterwards? So once you'd, I guess you get caught up in the cinema, don't you? It's such a big experience and it's so overwhelming. Was it afterwards when you were kind of thinking back at it, you were like, actually, I'm not sure about these bits. Yeah, I mean, most of it I really loved. And I thought like, you know, the fact that they managed to pull that together is bonkers. Mm. It felt like it had been planned for a while. Like they must have, they must have planned some element of it. It is interesting thinking about the fact that this is like the culmination of 22 films. And a thing that I did quite like about it was actually, obviously the kind of going back in time element of it draws attention to it but it is interesting kind of pointing out I mean I've watched stuff since and being able to kind of pick up on things that then are mentioned in in Endgame is kind Mm. of like oh okay so there obviously was like really early on they've obviously got like threads that they've been weaving for a while how many times have you seen it now? I've only seen it twice yeah same as me because I saw it opening night and then I went when we went with me a little bit later I do think it's interesting that you say you've got that you had the two kind of sides of your response to it do you think that you like when you went back to see it for a second time do you think that you were able to process it or enjoy it a little like differently to that first time I mean I still enjoyed it it wasn't like I went back and I was like oh my god all of these problems that I noticed like have ruined the movie it was just it's just different things like I think that it was an amazing culmination of the MCU and I think that mostly the problems that are with it are problems that are with the MCU as opposed to being a problem with this movie mm. yeah completely mm. yeah I mean in terms of so I god it's so stupid I was wasn't going to go and see it on opening night like mm. when knowing that it's coming I was like oh no it's fine I'll just go and get it at some point and then literally the week before like two days before I was like I'm very scared that someone's going to ruin it's all the spoiler issue isn't it for me it really was the spoiler issue so I panicked and we went to see it on opening night at half nine and my my viewing experience in that evening was just like I was so turned up to 10 mm. and I was so anxious and anticipating it so much well there's a lot of they had a lot of responsibility didn't yeah, like, and I think that's quite a thing to pull off the culmination of 22 films. Completely. And I think that I'd put in so much, my expectations for that opening night were quite high. And I think I'd got myself so worked up that when we went back to see it a second time, I think that my viewing experiences were so different. They were like literally a week apart. Mm. And it was really interesting to kind of actually get a chance when we went that second time, yeah. when I knew what was going to happen. Did you feel like you sit. absorbed it better? Yeah, there were definitely things I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like I, I felt more able to enjoy it. One thing I found quite interesting and again because I'm not heavily invested I'm sort of interested to see what you guys think I expected I sort of expected the the characters who kind of disappeared at the end of the last film mm. I expected them A to maybe come back a bit sooner in the film and they were actually gone for quite a while it's a yeah. good bulk of this film that they're not in it it's mm. only really the the final kind of act that they all come back yeah. did you 
feel like you spent enough time with the right characters in this film because I mean for me obviously I see Captain America and Thor and Iron Man as like the big hitters and then for me like Black Widow and Hawkeye I don't really know as well I mean, I wasn't fully aware until, as you say, recently that they were the kind of the original six. Mm-hmm. But you also had kind of you had Rocket and you had Nebula, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Did you did you both feel like we spent enough time with the right people? And were there any key people that you were surprised that we didn't get to see much of? You go, right, Rob. Uh, yes and no. So my, I mean, like you said, I felt like it was an appropriate and satisfying ending for the majority of the arcs mm. within the film as a whole. Mm. I think the problem with it is is that. I've got very specific favourites yeah. that regardless of whether they would have sat better within this narrative or... They're your I personal favourites, aren't they? Yeah, I wish I'd had more screen time. I was very interested by the fact that we got a lot of, like, nebula screen time. Yeah. Like, nebula, for example, suddenly became more... Big part of a the big story. Part of the and plot. Ant-Man as well was, like, a big part of the plot, which yeah. I... I mean, again, because I hadn't seen the film, I wasn't really sure how, how integral Ant-Man is, but that was quite a big part of the arc of the story as well. Yeah, completely, and I think that's the thing is that actually you have to there's this sort of like conflict between like the characters who actually serve more of a purpose within the function of like progressing the narrative Mm. versus like people I just simply would have wanted to spend Mm. more time with the fact that I think Captain Marvel for example only gets 10 minutes yeah there's I mean I guess it makes sense from a like quite a new character point of view we've just had a whole film of Captain Marvel so far but you know personally I was so stoked on Captain Marvel I would have personally liked to have spent more time with Captain Marvel completely and I think that they I guess they sort of found a way around that by the they kind of paired people up mm. like that's just like such a classic like storytelling yeah. you know buddying people up to sort of let them go off on yeah. their own missions yeah. like obviously putting Hawkeye and Black Widow back together like that's just a nice nod to their mm. friendship throughout the whole history of things and then you've got like the not random pairings but you end up like Rocket and Thor and, yeah. You know, like, yeah Nebula yeah, and War Machine Guardians like you have Thor, to yeah. some of the pairings made sense some of them yeah Nebula and like, War Machine yeah what did you think Von did you were there characters that you were glad to spend a lot of time with and then we're yeah I'm the same like there's characters that I love that I want to spend more time with basically were you both really sad that there wasn't much Bucky I mean yeah but yeah but I also knew that there wouldn't be much Bucky in this movie yeah like I mean I didn't expect the people to come back any sooner than they did so I expected it to be a final act thing so like I wasn't expecting any of those people to come back yeah I was surprised by how much Ant-Man there was yeah and Nebula but I like Nebula and Ant-Man is fine like he's he's a fine character I think you know like his movies are fine so he, he doesn't really like bother me. I think what's interesting about Ant-Man and his role in this film and Paul Rudd in general is that for me, like Ant-Man and Paul Rudd, they're like the... the comedy relief. Yeah. I saw like... it as the comedy relief to quite... Because I was like, this could be quite a heavy film if you're going to spend the majority of the time with these characters just mourning all the people they've lost. The thing I quite liked about him is that he truly is just like the audience participant in that he like would say like, this is stupid or like, you know, like when he would suddenly be around all the Avengers and it's mm. just like, oh, you're like, this is weird. And you know, like the scene in the diner when they go to like Captain America and Black Widow and, and Ant-Man go and meet Bruce Banner and, and mm. the kids come up to him as the Hulk and then he's sort of like, oh, I'm Ant-Man. Like, do you? And yeah. it's sort of like, he's that grounding kind of like real world, like yeah. this is actually kind of absurd. Yeah. Why is no one talking about how absurd this all is? <laughs> like, that's what I think his function is in that film. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think that it definitely breaks up the kind of like, because on the whole, as a concept, what has happened, the fact that like essentially half the population of 
the world has been obliterated. Right. Like, well, that opening thing with Hawkeye and like losing his whole family. It's like, Jesus Christ, that is dark. I feel like that sets the tone. Yeah. Like that, especially when he wasn't in Infinity War. That was what was so amazing that worked so well about this movie is like, I was expecting another action film, but they actually did a character movie and like... It- yeah, absolutely. It does feel like they spent a lot of time with these characters and their emotions and how they were coping in the wake of... Because it's five years later, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like how they've been managing to cope. On that note, I liked the way that they portrayed Iron Man and Thor in particular as people who were feeling very... Or had been very traumatised. So Iron Man comes back, doesn't he? And he's really, really malnourished, really thin and just really struggling. And Thor has his struggles throughout. He's very depressed throughout the film. And I really... I liked... I liked those elements because they were kind of... I was... I, I was very shocked that, like, this is, like, the biggest movie ever and it did a pretty good job of dealing with, like, loss yeah. and mental illness and stuff, you know? I think that's really interesting because that was, like, my big takeaway was actually, mm. like, I did quite like... Especially in that first, like, opening, I guess, half an hour when you've got the, you know, initial 23-day period and then mm. you've got the five-year jump mm. and actually the fact that you actually see what the real-world implication yeah. and how these particular characters would react to not being able to have stopped a situation yeah they're not just like oh we're superheroes we'll get them back no like in the in the build-up to endgame generally like i'd i'd watched iron man one to three and one thing that i picked up on more than i'd done so in the past with any of the other films was actually like the tony stark truly has this like underlying battle with i guess with trauma and with grief and guilt and i felt like that was something that actually i feel like they do a pretty good job at actually detailing how all of these people deal with these sort of absurd situations yeah yeah. because you know that's one of the big criticisms you often get with like action films that have lots of destruction and yeah there's like no like they destroy a whole city they blow a whole city up and it's like oh that sucks but then but like life just goes on yeah tony stark feels like incredibly bad about all of it like that's the whole point of like so much of like the plot of the sokovia records like all of that essential baggage is that you know it's actually kind of saying like well you know we've caused a lot of this can we talk about thick thor just for a moment yeah did you know that so there's been quite a few interviews that have taken place post Mm. release one of them so there's like a New York Times piece with Marcus and McFeely the the script writers yeah where they talked about Endgame and general MCU Mm. stuff and the Russos did a a podcast in particular I think where they'd aired a lot of things that had come up that they'd not covered basically sort of like acknowledging a lot of the problems or concerns or like plot holes I guess that a lot of people have pointed out post thing and one of the things that I picked up in in that was the fact that the Hawkeye and Thor arcs Mm. were switched so initially it was that Hawkeye was going to be like really depressed and down on his luck because his whole family disappeared after losing his family and Thor was going to be the one that was going out enacting vengeance for everyone Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they, they switched them Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, I didn't. But that I, I'm very glad that they did because that would not have had the same impact if it was. No, I don't think it would have done. No, because like with with Hawkeye, you you completely understand why perhaps he's gone on this like vigilante, murderous rampage yeah. as a reaction to like losing his entire family. Yeah, definitely. But with yeah. Thor, I mean, obviously he's like been on a vengeance mission anyway since his parents died. Yeah, and he's always been it. such a core member of that group, and he's had a lot of sort of comedy relief as well, hasn't he? Yeah. He's always been like the funny one. Yeah. And um, so it was interesting to see him struggle. I think what they did really well with the Thor thing was, like, it was funny, right? Mm. 
Mm. But Chris Hemsworth played it completely straight and that's what makes it work. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't a comedy character, was he? Yeah, like, he, he wasn't was... making fun of it. Like everyone around was making fun of him, but yeah. he was like, no, I'm just, he was playing it like that. he's a genuinely traumatised guy. Yeah, like really traumatised. It's not something to like, like I didn't find it, that, you know, there are a couple of jokes that are sort of funny, but generally it's not, it's not a funny thing because it's a guy that's, yeah, so struggling with this trauma and he's so depressed that he has, you know, gone into a depressive state and yes, he has put on weight or whatever. I'm here for Thick Four, obviously, hugely. I like the fact that they didn't change his body shape again by the end of the film to be yeah. like, perfect muscular Thor again to fight the, you know, he didn't need to do that. He stayed, he stayed that way for the entire duration of the film. And I read a thing that you've probably read as well when Christopher Marcus was saying that they le- they leave him at the end of the film in the same state because even though he's emotionally resolved, they fix his problem, but it's not his weight. So they have, they think he, they have the ideal Thor at the end of the movie and he's carrying some weight. So his body type doesn't affect the fact that he can still fight and yeah. be a part of... I mean, yeah, I just really like that they didn't do that. They didn't do that, um, like, you know, that montage, getting skinny montage. Yeah, right. Back in the gym, just sorting yeah, his stuff especially, together. Especially given how, like, I don't know, given that it's Chris Hemsworth, it would have been really easy to oh, do, like, been so a, easy. a training montage of getting him back up to, like, his ideal prime. His you know ideal... I mean, I, mean, I would have that would have been enjoyable from a, a sheerly... Yes, self, you know, yeah. But also, I feel like it would that just would have been absolutely particularly lazy. Yes, but um, I am here for normal body type Thor so much. As much as I am here for extremely muscular Chris Hemsworth. Like, that's lovely, but also very normal looking Chris Hemsworth is just extremely I'm so happy. I mean he's so still good. a babe like he's so hot <laughs> even oh. when he's a depressed drinking he's so I think hot. I like him better when he's a depressed drinker I think I do as well because <laughs> he's like he's just yeah you just want to give him a cuddle don't you he's just more human were than God. there any so I think if we kind of perhaps maybe move on to kind of standout moments from the film were there any particular things that I don't know that stood out for you that you particularly enjoyed are you looking at me just generally um, I've got entire list oh okay well you guys go through a list i won't add too much i liked the fact that actually this that the mcu everything we've had before began with iron man and kind of ends with iron man and i was really pleased that a lot of this story actually was dedicated to iron man and he was the one at the end that kind of were you um you know were you shocked by tony's death Tony dies, um, by the way. Yeah, spoiler, Tony dies. No, I could kind of see it coming throughout the film. I think you could see that it was probably gonna end up there. I don't know what I thought. I probably haven't given it much thought before this film, to be honest, but I think a lot of people thought it was gonna be Captain America, right? Yeah, so I will just, full, full disclosure, part of why I got myself so worked up about this all is because I thought I was gonna have to witness Steve Rogers dying. Did you think he was gonna die? I really did. I really did think he was gonna die. And I think that's why I, A, had to go and see it when I did because I was like I can't I have to go and like rip the band-aid off myself I have to go and do it and I I felt every time I've told people this I feel like I, they just think like you're just being so dramatic but no I not g- at all I genuinely felt physically unwell for the entire fine. three hours that. of the film like uh, anytime he was die. on screen yeah. anything happened I was just like oh god oh god it's gonna be it it's yeah gonna be it. that final battle I was just like I was having a heart attack for most of it just like <laughs> 
He's going to go. He's going to go. And actually, it was really nice that it was Tony Stark because he's been such a fucking selfish person that for him to go from selfish to selfless was really nice. One of the things that I um, became increasingly apparent to me was, like I said, because I'd watched the Iron Mans in advance, it makes sense. Like, it does make sense, actually, that Tony would be the one Mm -hmm. to kind of essentially rectify the situation. And, like, the fact when Pepper says to him, like, you can like you can rest now. I mean, I was crying a lot. In I, that. I was in tears at that point. Yeah, I was crying a lot in that moment. Like that absolutely it's, ruined It's me. reignited my love of Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man, actually. From that New York Times piece with yeah. the scriptwriters, they said, so this is about Tony Stark. It says, in a way, he has been the mirror of Steve Rogers the entire time. Steve is moving towards some sort of enlightened self-interest and Tony's moving to selflessness. They both get their end points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think from that perspective, it makes sense because Steve has been trying to sacrifice himself since he's been ready from day one hasn't he like I'll do it I mean it's to the point where it's like suicide ideation you know so you're just like whereas Tony's like no I want to survive that's his whole thing I'm going to survive well <laughs> at the beginning of the film like when when they go to see him upstate and it's mm. revealed obviously he and Pepper have got this life together and they've mm. got a daughter and he basically says like I'm not getting involved because yeah. I know all this bad stuff has happened but like I'm got I've got this the thing. thing and, and now, he yeah. keeps saying that throughout you know he keeps saying about how he has to keep what he's got he has to mm. keep what he's got yeah so it made sense for him to sacrifice and I I still even towards the end was still presuming that like oh well because Tony's got this daughter and this life with Pepper now it's definitely going to be Cap because he's going to be like I will let Tony have his like (laughs) Cap in every situation is like oh I'll die when I saw the daughter I was like oh he's going to die did you it's completely like at one gun it's truly like you see the daughter and you're like oh he's out he's going to have to yeah he's going to have to especially because he'd made such a big deal as you say of being like I'm not giving this up it's like he's going to have to give it up isn't he but it still was despite knowing that there was probably going to be you know that's not that's not that's not bad writing it's like no. really good telegraphing like it's really yeah. well written because you know like it's satisfying because you're like oh that's what's supposed to happen yeah what were other very satisfying points for both of you when Captain America picked up the hammer oh uh, my god thought that might go on leave the floor open to you both I just that blew my mind I actually like screamed in the cinema oh, I wish I was next to you that would have been so funny I can imagine I you like jumping on the chair I was like <laughs> Like, and then, like, it's not even that surprising because it's something that I wrote, but it was still, like, very uplifting and nice, and I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, that. you've wanted that to happen, right? That was the reaction in the, the screening that I went to the first time was that, like, when it happens, that everyone was just like, oh, my God, like, finally. <laughs> and obviously it's been alluded to, like, his worthiness as to whether he could lift the yeah. hammer has been alluded to. Another of the things that I've seen since the release of the film is, is the idea that actually, like, he was worthy all along and, and the reason that, like, he didn't lift it when he had the opportunity to do so was basically to like be Thor nice to Thor, right? make Thor don't make feel Thor feeling which is like that's a very Captain America move to do that. Peak right. Steve <laughs> Peak Steve just too good he's just, just like, too nice oh no it's too heavy too, oh ooh, I'm struggling <laughs> oh, here oh I need you to pick it up oh yeah I think that's that's nice yeah there was something amazing about that I mean I'm just a sucker for every single Steve Rogers related piece I can, of content I can imagine it was at the shaving scene at the moment which was like at the beginning so it was absolute fan service yeah the they fact knew that, that they, they? I, I feel like that has to have been added in after Infinity War. Like, well, everyone keeps fucking that going on about his beard. Because yeah. I feel like they were just really absorbed, like, all of the... Um, 
um, <laughs> the beard related content yeah. that came out of on the internet. Well, I think they were like, oh my God, people are going to wonder why he shaved his beard. We're going to have to put a scene in there. <laughs> Quick, Wait, go back. Go where back. is the sad beard gone? Yeah. <laughs> oh, depressive beard. I really enjoyed uh, just the, the scene with Cap fighting himself. And oh, the, yeah. Well, that's very... I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. And then him disarming himself by saying, Bucky is alive. Oh. God damn it. And then obviously, um, it would be remiss to not mention that's America's ass. I mean, that was quite a big takeaway from America's this film, ass. isn't it? And you know what? It's true. It's it really gone. is. It's got great America's greatest asset is Chris Evans's ass. I would be saluting. The American dream is Chris Evans's ass. <laughs> um, I would salute that. But Black Widow's death thoughts. A lot of different thoughts. <laughs> Are you a Black Widow fan? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that Black Widow is a character that has been done disservice by the MCU. It's another, it's one of those things mm-hmm. that, like, she didn't have her own movie, so she her characterization has been, like, all over the place. She, like, she's yeah. one person, and then she's the next, and, it you know, she never really makes a lot of sense, and she hasn't had a lot of time to be a character. I think it's, you know, I thought the scene where they were fighting, and I thought that was really good, but I think mm. that in the end, like, they just killed this woman because she didn't have children and left Hawkeye alive because he did she serves no purpose for them yeah. because she can't fulfill her yeah because she she doesn't have a family so it, she's expendable so society yeah. is like cool goodbye apparently that was meant to be the other way around so it was initially written that it was going to be hawkeye sacrificing himself in order to save his family oh but then, they should have but what was interesting it was they were going to flip it it was black widow and then they thought about making it hawkeye but then it was actually like no let her have this moment i mean i feel like you could interrogate that so much and in that piece that you sent to me which is the um from the daily doc which is the Gavia Baker Whitlow How the Straight Agenda Ruined Avengers Endgame that's a piece we'll link to that because it's definitely worth reading but that basically talks about how she doesn't serve her purpose fully as a, in a heteronormative female function as being able to provide I don't know children basically offspring so she essentially sacrifices herself which is uh, yeah there's a lot to unpack there but I think it's interesting in terms of the fact that it just means that I guess the Black Widow film that's planned is going to be is a, there going to be a Black Widow film then? yeah it's prequel though it must oh, be okay. well it must be yeah otherwise that's complicated yeah. maybe we'll find out what happens in Budapest because they always talk about Budapest uh, what happened in Budapest stays oh, in Budapest that, uh. that scene with her and Hawkeye when they're going into space and it's like oh we're a long way from Budapest literally that means nothing to me just as well. big fans of Hungary when was that mentioned before the first Avengers movie the first Avengers oh, movie I don't remember that I'm so sorry the other thing I just wanted to address was firstly just I love you 3000 it will kill me forever that's oh, just gonna be Einstein. that's the trigger point Um. also oh. can we just talk about the ending and Steve Rogers getting his dance. Wow, yeah. I mean, they really ended on a on a high there, didn't they? They did. That's but a very, very sweet ending. Um, Vaughn, what are your thoughts on that ending? And also, can we please just have a few minutes of talking about Bucky Barnes? <laughs> yes, that's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, I think this ending really encapsulates that feeling I had where, like, half of me was like, this is so good, I love this so much, and the other half was like, oh my god, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because yeah. I, I love Peggy, and I, like, was devastated when they didn't get their dance, and, like, so when they got back and she they saw them dancing, and I was like, oh my god, that's so, like, amazing. And I yeah. felt really good. But then I'm also like, it doesn't make any sense because like narratively, this whole story is about moving on and going forward and like accepting your past. And yeah. they ended Steve Rogers' story by having him go back into the past. So a thing I picked up on was, so the day after I saw Endgame, I watched The Winter Soldier, aka the best MCU film. Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, and I might watch it sometime. <laughs> we will have to watch it. So I rewatched that just as like a, a hit. 
and there's that moment between Steve when he goes to visit old Peggy and she's basically telling him that like he just needs to let go and move on and everything and, and so much of like Steve's I guess narrative has been propelled by this idea that like he just it's just Bucky it's yeah. just yeah. so much of it is Bucky it's obviously it is this split between like oh Peggy but it's also but like also Bucky it's not though Peggy was a girl that he loved when like in 1944 when he was a right? completely different person so much yeah. of his motives are just propelled by Bucky aren't they like and it's just so funny to me that like the, the conclusion just yeah the conclusion they came to was like oh we'll just send him back in past so he can just be, be with Peggy, Peggy. like the I mean I'm not gonna lie that moment where yeah. you where he goes back and you see them dancing in the house and at that point I was like holy shit this, this is gonna happen mm. and you see them dancing like I was an absolute I was like hysterical to the point where at one point I realised I was crying so heavily and Tom I could see was looking at me out of the corner of his eye like oh my god and then I had to apologise to the people I was sat near at the end and I was like I'm really sorry I'm so sorry they were like wow this girl feels yeah. a lot and it was it was incredibly moving yeah. but at the same time what did you want fuck? him to stay with Bucky no well, it's, it's not that I wanted him to stay with Bucky it's just that it doesn't make sense yeah it yeah. just doesn't make sense that he would leave Bucky because I mean it, it requires a whole bunch of like when you actually think about it is the thing it requires all this stuff because it means that he went back in time and which means he started a new timeline which means he, he had to for starters like leave himself in the ice in order to be with this Peggy and then leave Bucky to be brainwashed and tortured by Russians which is just not gonna happen it is weird isn't it I mean so did they do you think they well as you say like it was really nice to watch but did you feel a little bit that they fucked it right at the end and by like honestly the something moment that really didn't make sense the moment where they stood around and Steve is going back to return all of the infinity stones to yeah. the previous timelines and to this point the only time you f- have seen Bucky and Sam it, obviously you see them during the battle the moment where Steve hears on your left when yeah, everyone yeah, yeah, comes yeah. back gut puncher but yeah to that point you don't see them and then you see them at Tony's funeral yeah. and Bucky stood there looking emo as fuck in his... he's so emo <sighs> can't can't even think about very it very emo um, so you see that and then there's this moment between them where they're all saying like oh you know you have to take these stones back Steve and he's like yeah okay um, <laughs> and then he just says goodbye to, Stucky, uh, to Bucky and it truly is just like see you soon see don't you do later. anything stupid huh won't do it like, doesn't he ha- like add a buddy because they have to add buddy or like some kind of clarity <laughs> Clarifier, no homo clarifier on every yeah, single Yeah, brilliant. Like, see you later, mate. Uh, the only thing no that, homo. It truly is just My like God. a tap on the shoulder, like, hmm, see you soon. This is the problem is that they wrote themselves into a corner because they accidentally wrote this love story and then they got to the end and they're like, shit. We can't have that. Yeah, we can't have that. We can't actually end this with them being together. So we can't. Oh, that could. Was, have some courage, people. That was the one thing that when we came out of it, I was just like, I really enjoyed that. And there is lots to unpack and, you know, interrogate. But I was like, off the bat, I was like, that's not cool. Are there any LGBT characters in Marvel. Uh, the first openly gay character was actually in this movie. It was actually played by one of the directors and it was a, a cameo at the start of the movie. Oh my god. So you um, know that self-help that, group? Yeah, self-help group. The guy's talking about his date. Yeah. One of the Russos, I don't know which one because who knows? Who knows? Who knows? One Russo is both Russos. He yeah. mentions that he's been on date with them. So that is the only... Yeah. That is wow, okay. The only LGBT. Well, there's a lot to talk about there, yeah. isn't there? I that mean, could that, go on um, for a very long time. That piece from the Daily Dot, that does it does a lot to sort of think about the 
the Steve and Bucky dynamic and, and actually, you know, it says that Steve's desire to reunite with Bucky is one of the main driving forces of his life. This epilogue erases much of Steve's personal journey, removes Peggy Carter's agency and destroys any chance of closure for Steve and Bucky. Interesting. Um, and, yeah. I, and I know that obviously like I have deep investment in those two characters. Yeah. But it just felt so odd. You can't tell me that like each flipping Captain America installment essentially yeah. like They have focuses. written that as you say it isn't just like Every single one of those fucking films yeah. is about like oh I've lost my you know like my best friend my best friend where's Bucky where's Bucky She's so like oh, almost canon Bucky. at that point Yeah like... and you think in this movie it actually happens like he goes back in time and just to like distract himself he says Bucky's alive he doesn't mention Peggy he doesn't Right so you, just, they've done wild. that to themselves Yeah It is it's just so funny that moment like he, he could say like you know oh blah blah Peggy but he yeah. that's the thing he uses Bucky's She's Bucky the whole time and then in the final five minutes it's Peggy It's like well, oh down. no homo No brilliant okay <laughs> wow so. Jesus well we'll link to that article that sounds good did you have any other final thoughts before we go through to our ranking I mean I could talk about this film for hours because I just feel like it has been such I don't know it does it's interesting to think about the end of the MCU what it means culturally what it means something I found very interesting is that I've seen a lot of pieces in various publications online about writing about endings writing about the concept of loss writing what this has meant for a significant amount of people within particular Mm. generations that to actually see something like this come to an end I mean from a personal point of view having become really invested in the MCU in like a relatively condensed period of Mm. time and I will like hand on heart will say that you know like my interest in it over the year over this sort of 11 year period has been like dipping in and out picking up the ones that I really wanted to watch like I was very into Captain America off the bat but like some of the others I wasn't less bothered about and and it is sort of I think it speaks a lot about this idea of what happens when you get really attached to a particular piece of popular culture or piece of storytelling Mm. and what happens when that comes to an end and I think that you could say a lot about how I feel like this might happen post Game of Thrones is when something that has been preoccupying a lot of people's time and you get so deeply invested in story arcs in particular characters in you know all of that what that says when that suddenly goes yeah yeah what about you Yvonne I've been through this with Harry Potter so oh yeah of course uh, you know and I I am like I've been invested since Iron Man so this has been 10 years um but yeah Yeah. it's like you know so I'm used to saying goodbye to the things that have been a huge part of me Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. like you know when when I had to say goodbye to Harry Potter that was a bigger deal I guess because that, mm. that was my like childhood and stuff so this yeah, was like yeah. I thought it was a really satisfying ending you know so Good. like that yeah like I said though I've got the problems with it but I think generally it was pretty satisfying yeah yeah I feel like you could I mean it's like anything isn't it I think that you could sit and interrogate anything that you particularly enjoy to find mm. its flaws but like for me like my experience of going to see it like the, it felt like a kind of nice end point mm. end, end to this sort of entire entire thing um shall we move on to the yeah I think we should okay. move on to the import the important <laughs> bit the bit that I'm actually here for. Okay, so moving on to the pièce de résistance. Yes, we're back with another ranking because we couldn't just do one ranking last year. We have to do another one. I mean, it would be really remiss to not revisit this. It's just a lot of fun, really. It's just the fun side of it. I I exposed all my flaws last time. I feel like for you, especially, it's the getting to talk about what we want to really talk about. Well, I just talk about who I want to have sex with in this film and that's um, basically the only valuable thing I have. Giving the people what they want. That is what everyone wants, really, isn't it? For me to objectively judge everyone in this film well I think the thing is as well we will say that you know the reason that we did this last time is because we were getting so fed up with people saying that (laughs) um, we as women couldn't 
talk about Marvel yeah. because we don't know anything about it. Right. Which is like horseshit. I think we've proved that now with our review, guys. Right. <laughs> Apart um, from me. So um, I think that the only <laughs> the perfect conclusion to the end of this particular phase within the Marvel Cinematic re- Universe would be to talk about how much we want to bang the cast. Because essentially, at the end of the day, especially for you and Vaughn, you guys can be big fans of Marvel and have an extremely, you know, great amount of knowledge about it and be able to talk about it for hours. But you can also fancy everyone in it. Yeah, and I'm those things saying. are not, they work together quite nicely. This came up in our conversation with Tori. When yeah. We were talking about this idea that like a woman's interest in it, obviously. You it's know, only this, objective. And, yeah, there's yeah. this sort of incredibly flawed argument that obviously like women only like stuff because there is like romantic yeah. desire or sexual desire attached to it. And mm-hmm. like, and that's Fine. not necessarily true across the board. Yeah. But also, even if it is true, who the fuck cares? literally who cares um, no one cares we all did a shruggy emoji at once then it was really lovely shruggy. so useful for a podcast there so as with last year yeah we'll be ranking the sort of significant main characters in that I think I didn't actually look how many people appear in this film but last year I know it was like over 200 was people fucking so many in the people. whole of the MCU yeah. we're just doing Endgame yes so we're just got... doing Endgame this time I wasn't allowed to talk about Eric Killmonger so there you go I only gave you that last time because I felt bad I was so desperate to talk about how much fa- I fancy Michael B. Jordan. Jesus. Yeah. And we added people in from Ragnarok as well. Yeah, that's they true. Weren't in yeah, this. we totally cheated last time, but this time we're doing it by the book. So there's 52 characters from Avengers Endgame. Is that how many people I ranked? Yeah. Fuck. Um, I did this on Instagram. I will just. Well. Pr- Can I, will... I go last just to piss everyone off? I Yeah, I yeah. will put that I've excluded all the extras and also the children. Okay, we'll so there's 52 characters. I reckon if we go, if we do it in like. Do you want to do it in tens? Let's do it in tens. Okay. We will each go round and we will do. I'm going to go from worst to best. And we're going from, what did we say earlier? Bottom. Uh, bottom bottom to, up. Bottom up. <laughs> we're bottom, going bottom to top, bottom. which is my favourite way of doing things. To top. Um, right. So we're doing first 10. So 52 to 42. 52 to 42. I'm going to have to count backwards. Then. Who would, um, One, two, who would like to start? I mean, I will start. Um, I've also, like, as I was explaining to you guys, but I've uh, also put it into sections because, like, they're, they're all ranked, yeah. but I also felt yeah. like a lot of them kind of clumped together into certain reasons why I was. So I, I will go first with my number 52, which is a section on of, a, of its own that's just called Hard No. And it's Star-Lord. Who's oh, my God. God. 52. Really? He just... He's well he annoying. He like, fucking pisses me off. I love it so much. So controversial. Yes. Wow. Yeah. He is... Is it... He's just annoying? Yeah. He's just annoying. And I just feel like I would never have sex with him. Like, I'm not attracted to him at all. I stand by this. I like this so okay, much. Okay. I enjoy your workings. Please I just, progress. I love this. Yeah. Go. Um, okay. So the second section is called... Nazis are a no-go and it includes Thanos, Red yeah. Skull, Alexander Pierce, Ebony Mao, is it? And yeah. uh, Brock Rumlow because I'm not going to bang a Nazi. Is he Paul Man's Joe? John Burns. John Burns. Yeah, Frank Grillo. I voted him higher because he's I'm quite so hot. Okay. <laughs> no, that's fair. Nazis are a fan. I... The final section of this is uh, teenagers are too young too fancy and it goes Ned, Peter Parker, Shuri and Groot. I can't believe you put Peter Parker so low down. <laughs> do, you, do you fancy Tom Holland? <laughs> I, I fancy Tom Holland but Peter Parker is 15 years old see the thing oh, is Vaughn's been very oh. good here in that she's, she did the assignment because she's thought about this from a point of character point of view and that our problem is continually that I've, we've I ranked Peter Parker really high and didn't think about the fact that he's 15 it's fine we'll, we'll come on to this okay fuck <laughs> anyway <laughs> carry on uh, you do your last 10 oh god okay so oh I feel 52. sick 52 to 42 for me. Go on. 52, Red Skull. 
Nazi, not mm. going there. Go 51, on. Ebony Moore, no. Yeah. 50, Ned, hard no. Groot, 50. That's quite nice. 49, Groot, he's a tree. 48, Hank Pym, just not into Michael Douglas, find him slightly terrifying. Don't fancy Michael 47, Douglas. 47, Thanos, big Josh Brolin fan, Ball but bag. like, no. Bullbag. Uh, 46, Drax the Destroyer, not into Dave Bautista. Was he in that? Oh, yeah, he was. He's just yeah, really yeah, annoying. Yeah. 45 is Korg, but I wish I'd put him higher. I think you should have put Because it's Taika Waititi. I would genuinely date Korg. Yeah, I think I would, so I'm, I'm regretting this. Uh, 44 is Alexander Pierce, because he is Robert Redford, and he's quite objectively handsome. But I'm now rethinking it because of what has Vaughn has said. Anyway. But also old white men. Joined by 43, Thaddeus Ross. Um, and oh, then 42 is Wong. Just really not into Wong. Yeah, fair. Okay. Go. I'm going to... My bottom is Groot because he's a baby. And I won't he's have He's not a teenager, it. but that's fine. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing any teenagers. Although apparently I'm also doing Peter Parker. So <laughs> um, I've fallen at the first hurdle. I put Groot at the bottom because he's a child. Then I put Ebony Moore because he's really ugly. Then... And our Nazi. Fine. Then I put Red Skull because he's objectively hotter than Ebony Moore, but still a Nazi. He is a... Object- if you had to be objective about it you would yeah, yeah, bang Red Skull before Ebony Moore <laughs> yeah I think I probably would yeah so they're at the bottom okay then I've got a section called Old White Men these people all sort of meld together for me Hank Pym because Michael Douglas no Thaddeus Ross Jarvis who the fuck is Jarvis I don't even know Jarvis is. is the driver is Howard Stark's driver now this is interesting because he was in Agent Carter and they've just let him be in this film do you not okay. think James Darcy's quite handsome literally can't remember okay, what it looks fine. like Go on. Um, so he's just gonna stay there and then Alexander Pierce, Robert Redford. Who's Happy Hogan? He's Iron Man's driver, John Favreau. Is he old and white? Uh, I mean, he's white and moderately old. Okay, well, those old white men, sort of old white yeah, men, just go together and all interchangeable because as soon as I write their name down in the list, I forget who they are. Yeah, that's fine. Then I put Thanos because he looks like a ball bag. <laughs> And then I put Wong brackets. Sorry, Wong. So that's my bottom. I feel like Wong 10. would be a good hang, but I just wouldn't want to have sex with him. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't think we've got a lot in common, to be honest. So that's fine. Okay, uh, Vaughn, if you would like to do your next 10, so 41 to 31, please. All right. Well, the next section is called Soft No, which yes. is like a no, but like. <laughs> you Hank could be Pino. persuaded. You could be convinced. I could be persuaded. Uh, and that includes Hank Pym, Happy Hogan, Doctor Strange, Thaddeus Ross, Drax, and Wong. Fair. Yeah, like I will just you say know, that Drax is like I will say that yeah. I had to move Happy Hogan around a couple of times because I just think he's a nice guy and I think that like that would yeah soft no like mm, probably wouldn't but I've already forgotten who Happy Hogan <laughs> is and you just told me That's fine. so was he an old white man I'm gonna Google him in a second to show <laughs> oh you oh my him. god I have no idea I have absolutely no idea after soft no the next section is if there was nothing else to do probably uh, and that includes the ancient one because Tilda Swinton. Still just went um, Rocket Raccoon, because, I mean, why not? Korg and Mantis. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Hard agree. Is that my turn now? Yes. Okay, so I my... I agree with all of those. My 41 we'll to, to 31 is... Um, 41 is Rocket Raccoon. Now, my th- my thought process is here is that he is truly... He's an animal. Rob- he's an animal, but he is the Robin Hood of the MCU. Yeah, which is fair. Like, uh, for an animal, pretty hot. Tom asked me if it was because it was Bradley Cooper, and I said no because I didn't know it was Bradley Cooper until after I saw Guardians of the Yeah, that's fair. So I don't think that ever comes into play. No. Just, he'd be fine. I don't know. Anyway, uh, 40s Happy <laughs> Hogan, uh, 39 Mantis, 38 Nick Fury. 
Fury. 37. Oh, that's quite low down. No, do you know what? Nick Fury has gone up. Oh, okay. What, from last year? Yeah, I think so. It's the iPad. I don't know. I think I would. Anyway, okay, carry good on. time. 37 is the ancient one because it is Tilda Swinton. So yeah, I was, I, it was like, literally all we I'm not into the bald head, but it is Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my feeling. I'm like, eh, not my ultimate Tilda Swinton, but it is a Tilda Swinton. You a probably, version of Tilda Swinton. You probably You're not going to say no. Like you say, if you were bored mm-hmm. and there was nothing yeah. else to do mm-hmm. and yeah. it was tabled as a thing that you could do. Uh-huh. 36 is Jarvis. Who's and that? The fucking driver. I'm <laughs> so sorry. 35 is War Machine. I'm just not into Don Cheadle. No, I don't think Don Cheadle's really me either. Objectively a nice person. Oh shit, I think I accidentally Brody really got good up. intentions. Why but um, And then we come to the section which I've oh, no, named The Mums. Yes, yeah, yeah. We've um, all got that section. Go you've on. got Ramonda, who's uh, Black Panther's mum, Janet Van Dyne. She's so hot, it's Angela Bassett, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but this Shwing. is what I'm saying. The Wasp's mum, Michelle Pfeiffer, and then Frieger who's Thor's mum, Renee Russo. Um, That's like a good trio, I think. Hot mums. And then my number 31 is Doctor Strange, which I actually think would probably be... Lower. I don't think I like Benedict. I don't think I fancy Benedict anyway, but certainly not as Doctor Strange. No. Horrible chin hair. I don't know. I think I... So that's a wrong placing for me. Anyway. Ron's face is like absolutely hard no. Was he in a hard no? What category was he in again for you? He was soft no. So like, I think that's the thing for me. I was like, I mean, I probably wouldn't, but... He's, so you wouldn't you wouldn't do him just because you're bored, but he's not like. I wouldn't the do him like. Name. I mean, they would ha- it would take some persuading. If like, you were the last mm. people on earth, maybe. Maybe. I don't yeah. think I would consider repopulating the world with Doctor Strange. No, I don't think I would either. Um. Okay. So mine, Ned. He is a child, but I also don't want to rank him under ugly and Nazi or old white men. Is what I have put. <laughs> That's fine. I think Ned's quite sweet. This so. section, anyway, is like the sort of the like Ooh, you have to like rank who? them because you've yeah. got to rank them. You know. Howard Stark because he's got Iron Man's genes. Okay, we can come back to this. Go on. Okay. Mantis, bit too wacky. So that's my first woman. I thought she would be really annoying. That's why I placed her quite high. She's my lowest woman because I think she's a bit wacky for me. Also, like, I thought about it and I really don't want anyone reading my mind when... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Practically speaking, that's not good, is it? I think that came into it when I was thinking about it. I think she'd know every time I was annoyed by her. Um, This one's going to cause some upset. Gamora, too green and too moody. Okay, interesting. Where did she place for you last time? You put her quite highly. Did I? Yeah, you put her like I'm really bored of her where you is put her she? number 24 and you were 46 last time so like good mid place so I mid place appropriate. yeah she's mid here she's just too grumpy really yeah. just just chill out Doctor Strange bad facial hair then I put oh god I don't know if I agree with this anymore there you go it's happened Maria Hill Colby okay. Smulders mainly for her name what Colby Smulders yeah that's right not now. really a thing well I didn't know what else to do with her to be honest <laughs> Then I put Frigga, Thor's mum. She's quite powerful. Then I put War Machine because I felt bad ranking him any lower. Then I put Drax because he's quite loyal. And then I put Star-Lord. Too annoying to fancy objectively, but sort of fancy him a little bit. Is he higher in yours? Okay, we've got feelings. Keep going. April. Uh, I think that's my. I think that's it. Damn. Okay, so on your, we'll take it up to the top twenties. So shit, are we going from thirty to thirty-ish to twenty? Yeah. So, okay. This is where it starts to get tricky. I think so, Vaughn. If you'd like to do your next section, please. Okay, my next section is called Eh brackets controversial maybes. Yeah, this is where it gets this good. This is the juicy bit. This Go is on. where it gets good. Okay, so it, this is in order from bottom to top, and this is gonna get controversial because my number thirty-one is Iron Man. Fucking hell! Uh, oh my Scarlet God. Witch, the Wasp, Jane Foster. Rhodey, Maria Hill, Gamora, and Black Panther. To Ch- you put T'Challa and Iron Man. You really like T'Challa, don't you? Uh, 
Uh, T'Challa is at 23, so he's higher than Iron Man. But also, like, he's objectively very attractive. Yeah, so attractive. Just not interested in banging him. Can you just can you just monologue a bit about why Iron Man is so low low for you? I, like, I love Iron Man as a character, but just the idea of having sex with him just like physically just does not do anything for me. This came no. up with Tom. Do you not remember I said to you that Tom, when I was doing my ranking, Tom was just like, I don't understand Robert Downey Jr. or Iron Man as a commodity. I of- find him extremely aroused. I can't, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, this is going to get... I love the controversy. Tastes Yeah, so I, I knew that was going to be controversial. I kind of wanted to put him lower, but, like, I mean, he's very that's rich. That's fine. You do, and, that's like, fine. He's objectively attractive. I, yeah. I see that, but, yeah. He's rich. The not, money could... I'm just not into it. Yeah. Okay. We're still friends. It's okay. Don't worry. April's going to get um, mad I, at me. So. Okay, well, I'll go... The section after that is called I'm Into Everyone's Mum. Yeah. Yes. This... I knew this would rank quite highly for you. Uh, it, it's Janet Van Dyne, which is Hope's mum, uh, Frigga, Aunt May, and then... Ramonda. Mums. Which one's Ramonda? T'Challa's mum. Oh, Angela Bassett. Yeah, she's got smoking. Us, isn't she? Oh, yeah. I think she actually is quite high for me. So, thirty uh, for me is Shuri, which I found feel now uncomfortable with because you pointed out that she's actually a child. Twenty nine is Brock Rumlow. Which yeah. okay. So the reason I placed him here is because he truly is a poor man's Frank Grillo for me is poor man's John poor Berntal. man's John Burnthal. So I think in my brain I was like, well, he looks a bit like John Burnthal. Has that like same? I like, think like if, yeah, if I was like yeah, quite I do feel if now, I was inebriated in a nightclub environment. I would tap that. I think if he probably hit on me, I would like feel a bit bad about it. But he he hits that sort anyway. of slightly dirty. Um, <sighs> it's a grubby, isn't it? Yeah, he's a bit grubby. I'm okay. that. Anyway, uh, I mean, I 100% understand that. Um, yeah. I just like was trying to be a good person by saying. Yeah, I think Nazi. that's fine. That's completely fine. <laughs> I think that's fine. As well. 28 is Nebula. 27 is Pepper Potts. 26 is so low. Is Gamora. 25 is Maria Hill. Uh, 24 is the Wasp. 23 is Jane Foster. 22 is Howard Stark. Now, oh. I just there's something about John Slattery who oh. plays Howard Stark that is like you did never watch Mad Men, did you? No, that's Isn't where the that this comes from. Yeah. Okay, I just would probably let him talk me into a coma. Anyway, 21 is Laura Barton. Who's Laura Barton? <laughs> Nielsen's is coming. It's Clint's wife. Linda Cardellini. Oh, it's Lindsay Weir. Lindsay Weir. Yeah. Yeah, that it completely sways it for me. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, she's quite her own mind as well. But the thing is, obviously, like, Laura Barton serves such a narrative function is that, you know, if, like, Hawkeye wasn't so bothered about his wife and family going missing, then we wouldn't truly have the, the Hawkeye that's that we true. have today. So that's, that's my... True. Go on. Okay, Rocket Raccoon, because what, he's, just, he's an animal. He'd probably give you a good time. Yeah. Nick yeah. Fury's higher than him. I've put Nick Fury, eye patch. Okay. Uh, Peggy Carter, because I haven't watched Captain America, but she looks all right. Brock Rumlow because he looks like John Birdsell. Korg because he's the functionality Korg. of Korg. I think is troubling to me. How do you all right. feel about me ranking Peggy Carter below Korg? I, um, I feel things. Yeah, deep, deep insulted. Oh well. Then I've got it gets a bit muddy here. Lots of pretty hot women. Yeah. So then I've got Janet Van Van Dyne, the Wasp's mum. Michelle Pfeiffer is hot. Yep, she is. The Wasp. Evangeline Lilly is pretty hot. She's very hot. Scarlet Witch, objectively hot. Can you just talk about how much you don't like Wanda, though? She's so boring. Drives me mad. Irritating. She's so boring. What's with, like... She's hot, though. She's hot, but she's very annoying. Yeah, she's annoying. I said to you that she was just whinging. Yeah, I mean, oh, Vision wasn't all that. Were you, were you fussed by Vision? No, I didn't Paul, think so. Paul Bettany is, like, is fine, but, like... He's fine. Come on, babe. He's, a, he's not even real. No. And then I've put Laura Barton, Hawkeye's wife, because I like Lindsay Weir. Yeah. Jane Foster, Natalie Portman is fine, I guess. Well, technically, she wasn't even in this film, because it was, like, 
discarded footage. Yeah, it wasn't loads, was it? One. I'm starting to regret some of the ones I put. This higher, is where it but gets go. good. Von, do your 22. If you do 20 to 11, okay. And then we'll do we'll all do our top tens. All right. Well, my my top ten has an extra one, so this is kind of a nine. But so my last section was I'm into everyone's mum, and this section is called and one dad, and it just has Howard Stark. <laughs> yes, <laughs> justice. <laughs> Uh, why are you so into Howard Stark? Um, because he's Can't an talk. absent father figure. I'm <laughs> so into the absent father's great. Um, okay, and then the next section is just called Fuck Yeah, and it has Jarvis, which you don't know who he is, but no, I don't would know who he is. Ant Man, Hawkeye, yeah. but specifically tattooed murderer Hawkeye. Yes. Uh, okay. Nick Fury, Falcon. Yeah. Yep. Black Widow yeah. and Nebula. Oh, that's a turn. Oh, Nebula, I think, is in the same position for both of us. So for me, so 20 to 11. 20s Aunt May. Marissa Tomei is just... But not as I had to get you to... Not old Aunt May. No, I had to clarify with Steph McKenna that it is not old Aunt May. From the Tobey Maguire films, which Um, are not part of this. Are they they part of this universe? No, they're not. Okay, sorry. Fucking hell. Uh, 19 is Makoye. 18. So this one is quite low for you. But it's not really. This this entire section is just like probably going to say yes across the world. 18 for me is is the Hulk. Now, the Hulk for me last time was very high, but I'm just not. I have mixed feelings about consistent. Hipster large Bruce Banner. That smart Hulk. It's fine. Wait, do you prefer Bruce Banner or do you prefer Green Hulk? I prefer Bruce Banner. Okay. The fact that you had to even clarify I don't know. I have to check. No, sorry. It's not full Hulk. Hulk, I so. think that like, my list is gonna be controversial. <laughs> this is why it's good. Cool. Okay, so anyway, uh, this is controversial as well. Go on. 17 is Black Panther. Chadwick Boseman's fine, I just not. Oh, fuck off the boat. Now, 16 is Star Lord. Now, my thinking is here is that I would do it, but I would feel incredibly bad afterwards. And I would hate myself, and I'd probably never tell anyone. You'd tell me. I tell, I reckon I tell you. I reckon you'd not tell me for about a week, and then you'd slip up and be like, oh, fuck. Or I would immediately happened. tell you afterwards in an, in any way of like cleansing myself. Yeah, fair. 15, Falcon. 14, Scarlet which 13 is Hawkeye Fair. I've got so many feelings about Jeremy Renner of which I'm mostly confused yes. but I definitely support Von's it has to be like assassin Hawkeye assassin Hawkeye I would definitely more than previous Hawkeyes probably would play some quite I mean I, I like Hawkeye but yeah like tattooed murderer Hawkeye Hawkeye doesn't like really a serve a purpose yeah. yeah he has he's like the Legolas of the franchise oh my god oh that's a bit not a soft though. anyway so get, number 12 is Peggy Carter okay She's Hayley Atwell is so hot, and then number eleven <laughs> is Mbaku, who's got like <clears throat> a, like less than a minute of screen time. But, but Winston, Winston Duke, Duke is quite a tall man. Steph like McKenna, you now go, a please. Fucking tree. Um, I put Shuri pretty clever, but I hadn't remembered actually that she's quite young. No, so. I hadn't. Might regret that now. Then I put Pepper Potts. Might want a threesome. I thought you were going to say Pepper Pig. Then I was going to go Pepper Pig. No, I put Pepper Potts because they might want a threesome, and that would be pretty cool. Um, Keeping your options. Then I put Aunt May, not old Aunt May. Again, then I put the Ancient One. Wow. Because <laughs> it's Tilda Swinton. How are you placed her? Then I put Raymonda. Raymonda. Oh, interesting. mum because Angela Bassett. Fair. Yeah. Then I put Falcon because it doesn't play a huge part. But fine, Falcon. Anthony Mackie is objectively like objectively very handsome. Falcon would show you a good time. Like yeah, you, right. He's a charmer. 
Then Black mm-hmm. Widow, because Scarlett Johansson's fine, you know. I liked her hair in this film. I like her short hair. hair. I like oh, did you like hair. her short hair? I like yeah. the weird, like, Oh my God, dye the, 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 yeah, the dye job. I'm not sure about that. At one point during Endgame, I was like, you know what, I can, this, this is a haircut I may consider. Yeah. I'd love that. that. Yeah, I might do that. Mm. Yeah, with the nice vibes. Summer vibes. vibes. Yeah, summer vibes. Then I put Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, right. Then I put Nebula. I think I just dig robot slash cyborgs. I'm into robot slash cyborgs too. Right, I can do one more. Loki. I forgot Shout last time that Loki, Loki was in my top five. I think. I mean, Loki's a bit goth, so I think that kind of works for me. Yeah. Really. Okay. Um, oh god, you're gonna hate this so much. <laughs> okay. Oh well, it's done now. So we'll do our top tens now. Vaughn, would you do us the honors? Oh, okay. My top ten section is called Anytime, Anywhere. And uh, number ten, we have Pepper Potts. Ooh. She's a businesswoman and she would treat me right and get, I really like her. She gets she would, shit done. Like, she would sort my life out and I could really dig that. I could see that happening. Number nine is Loki because... It's Loki. A weird emo guy. It's almost like we find that attractive in people. Huh. <laughs> hmm. huh. Huh. Number eight is Thor, but specifically thick Thor, like in this movie. Preferably when he like has all those braids happening. I was... The and end. the beard. When oh, it braids yeah. at the end. Norse god shit. Oh, that right can't there. even... Number seven is... Bucky Barnes and Steve Rogers together because I'm not separating them. Yeah. I also, yeah, cool. Seven. Uh, Number six is Captain Marvel. Carol. Oh, thoughts on Carol's haircut. I was really into it. Lesbian. Lesbian. (laughs) Did you like the... You see her for like two seconds at the end during Tony's funeral, but like the suit thing that she is wearing. Banging. Big trousers. Lesbian. (laughs) Yeah, so Captain Marvel. Um, Number five is M'Baku because, yes, I would very much like him. So much. Oh my God, we put him in the same place. No, we didn't. You put him one higher. Anyway, carry on. Um, number four is specifically Professor Hulk, which is the hybrid of Hulk and Bruce Banner. Like, if it was just Bruce or the Hulk, it would be way further down. But yeah. that hybrid is number four, man. Damn. I'm into it. I'm digging Damn. it. I'm okay. digging it. Okay, okay, okay. I'm digging it. Right. Number three is okay because, yeah, again, another strong woman who would just, she would look after me and she's a strong woman and she would, you know, take care of me and I like She that. knows stuff. She she's, has that look yeah. and that, that grin where, like, she knows shit. Yeah. She gets shit like down. I said, it's from the bottom to the top. Yeah, we're looking right. here. Um, oh and God. then number two is Peggy Carter. Wow. Yes, yes. Okay, I can get behind this because uh, I am madly in love with Haley Atwell, and I'm madly in love with Peggy, Peggy Carter, and I think mm-hmm. she's amazing. And my number one is Valkyrie. I knew that was coming. I fucking knew it. Yeah, that's such an appropriate placing. That's it. I mean, I don't have anything to say. I mean, all I I should I feel like I just want to like replay that gif of her with the drop on metaphor. The, the yeah. Cannon, yeah. That was a the lot. Cannon. That yeah. was a lot, wasn't it? But Big she's cannons. great. She's just amazing. She was flying a winged horse. Like, yeah. I mean, she's she like comes teenage in on fantasies. Okay, me. thank you very much for your top ten. Shall I now go? Yeah. Okay. My number ten is Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. She number nine nice. is Loki. Nice. Number eight is Black Widow. Number Ooh, seven hi. is Valkyrie. <sighs> nice. Number six is Peter Parker, Spider-Man. I'm very sorry, but I'm also extremely not sorry. I wouldn't be sorry, to be honest. We are not, uh, we have never hidden our Tom Holland. No, no, that's been pretty apparent, interest. hasn't it? I forget that he's younger in the film, yeah. so now I feel very awful. <laughs> yeah, okay. Number five is Thor. Um, it's high, well, it's higher than... <laughs> he went down two places, but this is only because number four is Ant-Man. I didn't Ugh. place him in my last one. I'm that shut your damn is. mouth. I can't I can't help this like lifelong infatuation with Paul Rudd. He's fine. Okay. He's not just fine. He's a gift. Okay. And number three is Iron Man. I mean Man. he's an ant. But... <laughs> 
of size. Number three is Iron Man. I just, I don't know, man. Don't worry about it. I really <laughs> wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> Trust me, don't worry about Things. it. Things. And then number two is Bucky Barnes. I mean, we knew this is where I was going to be. And then um, because, you know, I've got a lot of feelings yeah. about Sebastian Stan and Bucky Barnes. Very And then my number one is, of course, Captain America Steve Rogers, because Chris Evans is the greatest of all time. He's top tier. He's the best Chris. He has an ass that won't quit. Sure. Like, I mean, if we were ranking, like, the actors, Chris Evans would probably be on my top. But I just love Steve Rogers so much. I just can't begin to tell you about how much I love Steve Rogers. I'm so relieved that I didn't have to watch him die. That's probably a good thing. I just, yeah, a lot of feelings about Steve. Please, but will you conclude this ranking by giving your <coughs> stress-inducing top ten? Truly, we have saved the best till last, I feel. Yeah, obviously. Am I going to get really irate with you? Yeah. Number ten, Bucky Barnes. <laughs> Why do Because <you laughs> he needs a haircut. Fucking get himself a haircut. Can you just straggly wee hair? Can you oh, please just explain to me, like why? Why facially he is pretty good, but he's just got to cut that hair. Also, I haven't seen the Captain America film, so I don't know what his value is. But like he just stands in the background. I don't know. The he's in the hair. top ten. What more do you want from me? <laughs> I want top five. Is what okay. I want from you. Oh my god. Then, okay, okay, Dana, Dana, I, I shouldn't, even, yeah, yeah, shouldn't even put her in the top ten of Captain Nancy, her name's fucking awful. Great. Then's Captain America. Jesus fucking Christ. I love you, you, you sorry, didn't get where, angry at, you didn't get angry at Vaughn. Vaughn's got rationale. Oh, You're just saying. My rationale is I don't fancy Chris Evans as much. There you go. You're wrong about that. Look, you, you fucking, you didn't, uh, Steve where Rogers was he ranked so, on yours? Steve Rogers is so good of heart. He was, they, Bucky Barnes and Steve Rogers were ranked at number seven and that's only because I don't want to get in between them you can't you don't want to be there you'd be awkwardly in the way like hey guys, yeah guys, guys. like oh. you know it's not that i don't find them both attractive i just think that they both have a lot of trauma and i didn't want to deal with it but just i feel like cap would give you a good time because he's just such a virgin he'd be so pleased no he would i feel like <laughs> yeah okay i'm realized realizing this i ain't here for virgins anyway <laughs> jesus i think that I, I mean i think that cap would he would be very nice but that's not really what that's I'm not what looking i'm looking for, for would you either. would you consider if bucky was in the mix or would that be worse for you um no I'd probably do that. That's pretty naughty. The naughtier it gets, the more I'm interested. You would Let's just put be, it that way. You would just be a bystander, though. You would be standing there, like, trying Depends to get involved. Depends if I'm a bystander in the middle, because if I'm in the middle, I ain't so bothered. I don't know. Just watching them would be pretty fun. Then yeah. You wouldn't be the main focus, would you? No. Like... No, and I'm quite selfish in that regard. So there you go. Then the Hulk slash Bruce Banner, pretty much as most yeah. iterations, really, yeah. including the green one. Don't see why not. Um, then I put Spider-Man. I didn't want to put him too much higher because he is quite young, but I didn't realise that he was 15, so that's really... He's not in real life, though, so it's fine. Really awkward. Then I put Captain Marvel. Then I put M'Baku, because it's Winston Duke, and hot, just quite large. Then Valkyrie, because Tessa Thompson. Then, actually, I don't think I would put T'Challa over Valkyrie. I think I'd swap them. I'd put T'Challa anyway. much higher than... Uh, Valkyrie much higher than T'Challa. Uh, yeah, I'd probably put Valkyrie before T'Challa. Tessa so Thompson fine. would only have to look at me and I'd be a puddle. So. I know. T'Challa, I'm, I do like Black Panther, though. Anyway, just having a think. And then Iron Man. So that's actually very high. That's number two. Okay. Because I'm quite back into Robert Downey Jr.'s territory and number one is Thor. The end. I just feel like n- the our number ones is such a, such a foregone conclusion. I've yeah. never, I don't hide my... Imagine if I put him like number five. That'd be hilarious. No. Oh, he's fine. Uh, yeah, he's fine. I've decided he's actually fine and not like... He's just the hottest piece of ass on legs. Truly, what great rankings they are. Shall I just talk about the ones that quickly that people... I will do yes, our top do. five. So I'm I amazed. Are... I don't think April's as angry as me this time. I think it's less of a shock this time. Last time was a real shock for Last her. Last time so. I was like truly horrified. Last time you put Bucky at like number 20 or something. Let me have a look. Hang on. Let me check. I think you did it out of spite. 
I did not. You, oh, you put my number of 13. 13's not too bad. Do you know what? I think he might have been there at the time. You only just because I there. was worried. You that put him there because you knew that I would be really upset if you didn't place him quite highly. It's so true. It's but so the thing true. is, you objectively, you think that Sebastian Stan, this is what is confusing to me. You think objectively that Sebastian Stan is a handsome person. Yes. Like if you were given the option of, of like having some time personally with Sebastian Stan, you wouldn't be like, I'm actually fine. No. But it's just Bucky. This is so baffling to me because I, I think it was only until Bucky that I was like, yes, Sebastian Stan. Oh, wow. I mean, I would I, I would do both Sebastian Stan and Bucky, but I also understand this, like, you know, liking an actor and not the character or liking a character more than an actor thing. For real, right? For real. Because I would I would probably bang Robert Downey Jr., but I would, I'm not keen on bagging. Interesting. 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 It's because he's a bad boy. Yeah. Um, it's because so he's a bad boy. when I asked for people to give us their top fives on Twitter.com, <clears> we had quite a good response, mostly, I think, because it got picked up by, like, Stucky slash Sebastian Stan Twitter. Which I got really excited because April said that it had been picked up by Sebastian Stan account and I was like, fuck, Sebastian Stan picked it up. No, Sebastian <laughs> Stan's... Stan account. Yeah. Really so jumped on I was it. like, so, she's being very chill about the fact that Sebastian Stan has replied hey, to this. I aggressively tweeted Chris Evans asking for his response and he did not reply because Rude. he's too busy being political on Twitter. Oh. So, I mean, like, fine. Get some perspective, mate. But, but look, it's very important that he does that because I love it. Yeah, I love it. And also he, he then shared two pictures of his dog, which like for me that's like, the okay, content fine. we're here for Chris Evans Twitter is literally my perfect man like he just yells about politics and posts pictures of how much he loves his dog yeah. that is quite on brand for you yeah mm. it's truly mm. I know. Um, so the responses on Twitter so I mean we, we had lots of people give us feedback and their top fives I'm not going to list everyone's top fives because no, that, that would take us hours ever. but I did do an accumulative ranking of what everyone said so at number five was tied between Loki Valkyrie and Iron Man and then it was Thor and then it was Bucky Barnes and then it was Captain America Okay. So, like, that's fine. That feels like an appropriate response. Yeah, that's fine. I'm glad that M'Baku was quite high as well. Yeah, M'Baku was quite high. Yeah. Um, as was Black Panther. Yeah. I'm not sure about this Star Lord gubbins, but there you go. <laughs> that's fine. So, we've yeah. all got our own tastes, haven't so, we? So, <laughs> there we go. That is our definitive ranking of um, Wonderful. Avengers Wonderful. Endgame. We maybe never need to talk about Avengers ever again, except for the fact that <sighs> um, Spider Man is coming out soon and Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. I'm which... so tired of superhero films. The thing is, though, right? I would have, I personally would have been completely fine to take a step back and just like de-invest myself for my own well-being and yet they then throw fucking Jake Gyllenhaal into the mix and I'm like there. Tom Holland and Jake Gyllenhaal is quite a mix. You're going to have to. I hate them. They've done it on purpose. It feels very personal. It's very rude, isn't it? So we'll be back talking about that at least. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for joining us, Vaughn. Thank you very, very much. Oh, thanks for having me. It's lovely. I don't think we could have done it with anyone else. No, true. And also your categorisation was just that's just good it was astounding it's nice to have balance isn't it to make us sound less like we're just in it I think it's nice to have a third person in there I think so I think it helped eliminate April's anger to be honest I think she would have beat me up by now Mm. I can't believe you've not seen Winter Soldier Jesus Christ I'm probably never going to see it how does that make you feel we're going to rectify this right okay cool you have to see it okay I will perfect okay it's the best MCU movie why do you think I watch it so damn often oh I don't know I just don't know okay maybe sometime at some point we'll do it god damn it right Anyway, to conclude, Avengers is over for two months until we go back in on Spider-Man. But like Spider-Man is like not really about Avengers. It's just about Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Holland being adorable together. Being Call Me By Your Name-esque. Oh my God, it really is. It really, it really is, is like Elio and Oliver. Elio, Elio, Oliver, Oliver. A happy, happy ending. <laughs> Thanks, Vaughn. Thanks, Vaughn.
Thanks for listening to The Thirst. You can find us online, Twitter at The Thirst, soundcloud.com forward slash The Thirst Pod. You can subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts by searching for The Thirst. Instagram, we're at The Thirst Pod. Thethirstpod.wordpress.com is our blog. On Facebook, we are at The Thirst Pod. And if you want to get in touch via email, you can with thethirstpod at gmail.com. Is your Netflix queue basically all true crime movies and series? Do you ever wonder why you can't open a bottle of Tylenol without using the jaws of life? Crime Culture, hosted by me, Haley Langan, and me, Caitlin Mahar, is a podcast that discusses true crime, pop culture, and how the two relate. From killers that have inspired hit films like Silence of the Lambs, to the motives for crimes such as the murder of John Lennon. Join Haley and me every Tuesday to discover the pop culture side of true crime. 